Amen. Amen. <laughs> Don't you love kids? They give you life. They are so beautiful and they teach us who we're meant to be. Children, you teach us more than we can teach you. Please stay like children. Don't grow up too fast. Um, and actually tell your mom and dad, like, hey, you need to be more like me, you know? Um, in the sense of your simplicity and your, your need, the, the fact that you need to receive from your parents. We as children of God need to receive from God. So thank you for that inspiration, kid. And let's pray again. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. All right, we have a desert here. They're in a deserted place, and Jesus is there. I imagine no one is expecting Jesus to feed them. They've come to receive the words and the healing, but they're not really probably expecting them to feed. But Jesus, recognizing the need of the people, he's filled with compassion. He wants to fill them. And so he gives them food through the disciples. In this, he foreshadows the Eucharist. How else can we be fed by the bread of life? If not, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the most simple thing like bread is given to us and it turns into, it transforms, it transfigures into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. This is an image of what Jesus does on that altar. He gives us the food in which we will never go hungry ever again. The disciples said, where could we ever get enough bread in this deserted place? to satisfy the crowd. Only Jesus satisfies. Say that with me. Only Jesus satisfies the longing of the human heart. Because this longing that we all long for, this yearning, this desire in our heart is for an unconditional love, a love that we don't earn, a love that is free, a love that is a gift of God, a love that is a spiritual love that has been given to us through no work of our own. We only simply receive this love. Jesus said to the disciples, give them what I give you. He took the seven loaves and the fish, he gave thanks, he broke the loaves, he gave them to disciples, who in turn gave them to the crowds. One thing we know is that we cannot give what we have not first received. These disciples who gave them to the crowds, they were instruments of salvation. They were instruments of love. They could only give what they had first received. And so receive unconditional love from God and be an instrument of love and truth in a world that is so desperate for this love. Family, we are in a desert. We are in a desert of good news. There is so much negativity and division in this world and in our culture and even in our own hearts. And so let's talk about the good news. Before we fully understand the good news, though, we need to understand our condition and where we came from. Some of us can't grasp the good news because we're still living in the bad news. The reality is, we have all fallen short. We have all sinned. We all deserve condemnation and death. We all deserve hell. It was a choice that we all made in our lives, whether knowingly or unknowingly. We all chose to sin. 
to reject God and to live in isolation and hell. Then God made a covenant with Abraham and said, you will be my chosen people. Then God sent Moses into Egypt and said, free my people, let my people go, set them free from slavery so that we can cry out freedom. But it wasn't enough. Then God sent the kings to govern the people once they entered the promised land. But they were still disobedient. And so God sent the prophets to prophesy into their lives and say, you're all going to hell if you don't come back to obedience to the law. And yet the prophets also foreshadowed something so beautiful, the new covenant, in which God said, I will place my law within your hearts. And what is the new law that God has given us? It's the third person of the Trinity. It's the Holy Spirit. The law that is now in our hearts and transforms us from the inside so that we can be transfigured to the outside. It's not an external law like St. Paul has always talked about. We do not follow an external law, but this law is in us. Time after time after time, the people chose disobedience. They preferred God's will. They preferred their will over God's will. And so, at a time in history, you guys ready for good news? At a time in history, the Father sent His only Son. His name is Jesus. Galatians chapter 4 says, But when the set time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman. What's her name? She's so beautiful. It's the the month of the rosary. So we have to give her some honor. God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who cries out, Abba, Father. You guys remember that when we were talking all about the Holy Spirit about a week ago? And it's like, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And then when we receive the Spirit, we receive freedom. We receive freedom to be who we already are in our identity as sons of God, in which sons and daughters of God, in which we cry, Abba, Father. How do we pray? Our Father. Galatians continues, you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Everything that God has is yours. And so we had a debt we couldn't pay, and the son paid it. I have a question. Would you be overjoyed if you never knew you had a debt and it was paid for you? Imagine a guy who had a huge debt and he was about to lose his entire house, everything. He worked so hard to gain what he had. And someone was about to come to him and say, you owe me more than you can pay. So I'm literally going to take all of your inheritance. I'm going to take everything that you deserve to get that, no, that you worked for. I'm going to take it all. But someone, before you even knew about it, Before you even knew about the debt, 
before you even knew that you were about to lose everything and you didn't know before you knew someone came up and said I heard that they owe this debt I'm going to just pay it all I'm going to gratuitously make a gift of myself I don't have to I don't have to pay it but I'm going to pay it imagine if you never knew that somebody paid your debt This is exactly what this generation is living in. It's a faithless generation because this generation believes that there is no debt to be paid. This generation believes there is no sin, that there is no consequence to sin. This generation says, I don't need saving. You don't need to pay for anything because nothing is wrong. When I tell you the good news that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that all who believe in him might not die but have eternal life, why would you care if you never knew you had a debt to pay? We have to, we have to know where we've been to know where God, what God has done for us and wants to keep doing for us. I'm going to transition a little bit. You guys still good? All right. What's your thought life like? What do you think about? What are you, what's constantly going on up here? Is your mind a desert of positivity and truth? Are you filled with negativity and anxiety and fear? Negativity. Oh, man, so much of that around It's a desert of good news. St. Paul has an encouragement for us today. He says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, lovely, gracious, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think of these things. Say these with me. True, honorable, just, pure, lovely, gracious, excellent, worthy of praise. What does St. Paul say about that? He says, think about these things. He says, keep on doing what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Then the God of peace will be with you. So where does peace come from? It comes from the truth, from knowing that we have a Savior. It comes from good news. It comes from thinking and meditating and going into the good news. The good news is in the word of God. We need to read his word. Uh, I have a, I've, throughout prayer this week, I had an image that was just kept coming to me. I walked into our, we have a house chapel now, thank God. I pray in adoration, Father Fadi and I, it's really, Father Samim, it's really good. And I, want, I walked into the chapel and I was, right before I knelt down, God was like, this is exactly where you need to be, and this is the wellspring in which I'm going to fill you up. And I had this image of, like, come to the well, come to the wellspring in which you'll never run dry. And um, sometimes, like, our life can feel dry, or we can just feel, like, some desolation. But God was saying, just come to the wellspring. And then the image of John 4 with the woman at the well. 
There's a woman at the well and she's, you know, comes at noon and all that. Jesus says to her, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give will never thirst. The water I will give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So this is where we receive refreshment and nourishment and all that we need. When you come into the church, it doesn't feel like a desert. You come to church because you know that you're going to receive something so pure, so good, so true, so beautiful. You come to the church because you need to be encouraged. Because when you leave this church, you enter into a desert. And you say, I need to be the water that wells up for eternal life. I need to be the one that waters people and helps people. And so if you can't give what you have not first received, you come to church, you come today on Sunday to receive. When we receive the Eucharist, we put our hands out. Some people, by mistake, they don't know, they take. No, 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 we don't take. We receive. And what do we say? Amen. I believe. When you go into the desert, bring Jesus. The Jesus that you have received. The Jesus that you receive. Everyone needs to receive. If you stop receiving, you will starve. Amen.